Meanwhile, in the seedy sub-basements at What's On Joe Mind... Sexy with an A in the middle. Sexy. this up. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back. 2019, and this is What's on Joe Mind. February 7, when we're recording this today. With me, of course, this evening, from 3D Joe's, the lovely and talented Carson Metaxas. Hello, 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 hello. Also joining this evening, from Losertown, and the finest. <laughs> Joe Colton is here. Joe Colton. Hello. Hello, everybody. This intro segment brought to you by AVAX Lab. You can find Kobe Brown and his band of renown at AVAXLab.com for all of your custom part purchase needs. It's a great place to get a little head. AVAXLab.com. What you guys been up to? It's been a, a long time since the last time we heard from either one of you, which would have been before Christmas, if we're talking publicly. Yeah. Joe, you want to run with that? What? Let's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try this uh, episode to have Joe answer before me every time. No, no go <laughs> ahead. I feel like I always just like jump right in. and Because it's, it's that, that's how it's in the rundown. It's oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I've, so, even, I've even incorporated that into the program. It's like you read. <laughs> boy, it's right in front of you. I'm over here working on something for Ron Rude through this guy from the finest. It's right in front of you. Let's talk about it. I see roll call spot 3D Joe's. That's very nice of you, man. Okay, so I have been to New York and back three times in the last month to what? see my lady friend. Lady friend. Other than that, I built a pathway in my yard and I stained my staircase to the 3D Joe's Toys R Us because it's been 70 degrees here. What else have I been doing? Just working. I haven't really gotten much cool stuff in. Oh, I got a sideshow figure, uh, Storm Shadow, with a custom nude body that doesn't show any of the like creases and folds. It's like one of those solid fleshy bodies. Have you guys seen those? They got like metal skeletons, but it's like rubbery flesh. No, but save at the end of the show. Ah, uh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, we don't, okay, we don't care. Are you feeling the rubbery uh, body? I just squeezed the forearm once or twice just to see what it was like. Mm, you know what forearm means. Mm. Does it? <laughs> I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> uh, yeah, just working. Other than that, that's about it, man. About all you can do, man. Joe Colton, what's going on? I didn't get to go back to Canada for Christmas. Yeah, I had a, an immigration appointment. And because there was a shutdown, I didn't want to fuck anything up. So I stayed. <laughs> what, what day did they schedule your appointment for? The day after Christmas. The day after Christmas. Assholes. At 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. No, it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I had to be there an hour beforehand. <laughs> it's f***ing ridiculous. But it's fine. I was the most well-dressed person in that office, apparently. Nice. 
I got all dressed up in a suit and everyone was like wearing jeans. Some people were wearing track pants. It was really ridiculous. I was like, this is your appointment. Those are Look good at track you. pants. <laughs> Those are good track pants. Oh. Those are the expensive track pants. Yeah, I the, guess. With the velvet lining. Right. And the tearaways. <laughs> hey, if only. If only. Does this make you an official citizen? Where are we at with this? We have to wait. I have to do a test and get an interview. Okay. Yeah, oh, there's like a hundred steps. Mm -hmm. You speak five languages? Six. Six languages. You should go into that interview and speak every language except English. <laughs> they ask you if you need a translator. G give them a piece of all five. Mm. Just to see if they're really on their game. <laughs> like, tell, tell them you only speak French, and then the French translator will show up and just bust out into Farsi or something. I should. And then when they swap out the French translator, you could just sit down and go, F*** you, I speak English. <laughs> I work for the government. I should be like, can I get the English translator now? Because I speak the Queen's English, not your bastardized language. That's not going to help. It's no, not going to help. help you at all. <laughs> at all. Take you right off the list. Yeah, or put me on a list. And then in the beginning of January, I went on a cruise with William and Maggie. We'll call, Wesley did not come with us. We'll call this the roll call. We'll call this the, the roll call segment. Sponsored by 3djoes.com. <laughs> I need a sound effect. Yeah, all like right, a, like a whiz bang thing. Wee, 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 wee! You're, you're the guy who does all the audio-visual stuff, so you, you mm. get on that. Yeah. I'm a hack. You send me an MP3, and I'll put it in there. I don't care. Oh, okay. I got something for you. The less I have to think about, the happier I am. So you send me something, right. and it'll go in. That makes so, sense. So, Joe Colton, tell us more about the cruise. Got to hang out with the Star Trek Discovery crew. What's the theme of the cruise? Star Trek. That's kind of what you should have gone first. Sorry. It's a Star Trek cruise. <laughs> In the Caribbean. Got, got to hang out with a lot of leakers from Star Trek, the, the various TV shows. In particular, we got to do yoga with Mary Chifo from Star Trek Discovery. Hashtag disco. Yep. And then we got to watch Jason Isaacs beat Kenneth Mitchell and Michael Dorn at tennis. Good. There we go. That was that was the yeah, next question. I, I was like, my brain stopped. I was like, what the hell is that sport? <laughs> that, <laughs> that thing with the ball. Wow. Yeah. These five languages plays yeah. no sports. Not, yeah. Brain. Got to shop. Got to drink. Got to be in costume. Got some uh, sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We went to a lot of panels. Michael Westmore, who is the godfather of special effects and makeup. Invented a lot of stuff during his days in working on the Star Trek shows. Got to talk to him for a bit and hang out. Yeah, I got drunk a lot. <laughs> yeah, we knew that. But one of the stars actually got me drunk. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Nice. She was, she was having a food Dude. panel. It turned into like a tasting of a food and a whole bunch of alcohol. <laughs> so you gotta you gotta clear your palate. Right. There's, there's no way to do that when the, with the antiseptic qualities of alcohol. Right. She's a scientist. Trust her. <laughs> and then that's it. Just prepping for KatsuCon now. What is KatsuCon? 
It's a convention at the Gaylord National Harbor in D.C. All right. What's the theme? Mostly anime and pop culture. What you going dressed as? I'm doing Scarlet Friday morning. Are they going to know who she is? Yes. Okay. And then I'm doing Darth Talon, hopefully in the evening. If not, I have, I just came up with a backup costume. Who's Darth Talon? She's from Star Wars. She's got red tentacles. I've been posting pictures of me painting the head. Okay. I still don't know who that is, but I've seen the pictures. Okay. Mm. Part of Star then, Wars is she from? Like I, you have to elaborate yeah. on Star Wars because the casual oh, Star Wars guy like me isn't necessarily going to know stuff that happens in Rebels or things like that. So. Oh, God. I don't even know. You're killing me, Bill Golden. Mm. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm. What? Yeah, she's a Sith. What do you want from me? All right. Mm. right just a yeah. just a little more. Just a little more detail, Colton. She yeah, she I looks know. cool, so I made a costume. That would have worked. That's, that that would have worked. That's exactly what it was. I I saw her as a sideshow collectible, and I was like, who the fuck is that? And people were telling me who she was. She's from Legend. She got head tentacles. Yes. So that I, I like, I understand the appeal there, but you have to, yeah, you gotta at least give me that, you know. Yeah, so she's she's red and then has Sith uh, tattoos all over her body. All right. So, so I got her lightsaber specially made with a soundboard and all that jazz in the UK because I'm insane and I wanted it to make sounds and light up and look like hers. <laughs> nice. Insane. And then I'm doing a surprise costume, which people not expect me to do because I'm not delicate. <laughs> mm. That's going to be on Saturday. And then Sunday, I'm doing a pirate fairy. Oh, cool. You branch out. Yeah. That is certainly out of character for you. Yes. You should see the one I'm doing on Saturday. Because usually the, the overwhelming theme of the characters that you portray is that regardless of who you're dressed as, you look like you could tear anybody on the other end of the table in half. <laughs> that is the goal. I mean, it, that's not a bad goal to have, frankly, in that particular hobby. But, you know, I'm just saying that fairy, pirate, that's a little out of the realm for you. So they were trying to teach me how to pose very girly-like. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. So did you, yeah. have, did you have vertebrae nice. removed? or? I look very awkward. I look like I should have a sword in my hand. And so they picked the fairy, but the one, the picture I just sent you is uh, the one I'm doing Saturday, where I have to learn how to pose. Very ladylike. <laughs> You'll get it down. Just watch some YouTube videos. Oh, God. It's I'm sure ridiculous. It's out there. I did the posing for Wes. Like, I was like, okay, what does this look like? He's like, you look like you're doing a three pointer. <laughs> you're taking a three point shot across the room. I don't think necessarily the basis of your and Wes's relationship is your delicateness. <laughs> I don't think that was ever in the pick the, the equation for him. Call him no. on a hunch. Call no. him on a hunch. It's more like in Ant Man and Wasp, he's Scott and I'm Hope. <laughs> I punch him all the time. That may, that I makes, don't actually punch him. That doesn't I, make I it sound any that. better. That, that's that's yeah, a one eighty. Yeah, I don't actually beat my boyfriend. No, you don't. I don't. Or at least you you put on a, a good show for the four days I was there. 
That's the last time the three of us got together. I, I went out to D.C. for a wedding. Yes. I, I stayed at the beautiful and spacious Colton Estates. Yes. In we got to hang out. Suburban Maryland. Yes. I kind of understand what Joe does for a living now, <laughs> which is something that I never really quite got before. She would just kind of talk about work, and I would nod, and that, yeah. that would be that. Very strange. And I, I got to figure out where it was she lived because she had to like she had to work on Friday just off on my own devices. I had to I had to buy a tie because I forgot my tie at home. You bought two ties. I bought two ties. I was gonna have a, a reception tie and a and a ceremony tie, but it was raining too hard, so I didn't I didn't go through with that. You didn't go with any tie. I wore the one tie. I took the other okay. tie with me. I had them both there, but I left one in the car, and I was like. I'm going to just leave that be, and I'll come back and switch it out, and everybody will be like, what's different about you? I'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll have switched ties. Anyways, the whole plan <laughs> fell through because that was the single wettest weekend I have ever encountered, possibly in my life. Yes, it was I'm, very wet. Yeah, I'm shocked we didn't all drift out to sea, frankly. It was it was incredible. It was a great time. I got to, to poke around Joe's hometown, and... I found her local comic shop and bought all of the G.I. Joe issues out of her back box. <laughs> so she has nothing to go there for now. Mm-hmm. Which I feel both good and bad about. It's okay. It'll You're, be good. Okay. It'll be good. Next time you come down, they'll probably remember you. Maybe. I was very complimentary. You should have said, hey, the dude who bought all the G.I. Joe back issues sent me, and he may have he may have given you a discount. Or he looked at you like you were crazy. I don't know. Right. Either one. Probably the second one, actually. Probably the second one. Would have looked at you like you were crazy. But anyhow, that, that's pretty much been, been it. That was my, my one bit of excitement. The North Hinterlands for the holiday itself in northern Indiana and hung out with the family for a few days, and that, that's been about it. It's been just uh, come home duck the winter weather here in, in St. Louis, Missouri. That's roll call. Moving on. The segment that's sweeping the nation. Loser Town, sponsored by The Finest. And for this, we turn to our lead, Joe Colton correspondent. So, I have an interesting story. It <laughs> is by way of Instagram. And it's with another cosplayer. Her name is Dominique Sky. She does uh, Mira from Justice League. She does Atana. Very popular, uh, and she's a friend of mine. And on her page, there was a very interesting individual who just was very religious and decided to start trying to convert her. And then it moved on to all her friends. And I happened to be one of them who got mm. hit by this very religious man. Mm. And he wanted to save us all from our whoring. Well, oh, you you are kind of a harlot. <laughs> yes. Wait, no. That was the a, that was the word that he used. Your whoring. Yes, and our whoring. sinfulness, and uh, we want to find God again, and do you? become pure, mm. and turn to the good that we know we can be, and let Him and God save us. Mm. And He knows what it is to sin because He used to be a big sinner. And then proceeded blame to me all of his sins. But now he's better because he's found God, and he would like me to take that path. So as a measure of what a terrible person you are, Joe Colton, 
Yeah. Let me just ask a, a general question. Yeah. How much money were you responsible for spearheading the finest into raising for various charities as, as the commanding officer? When I ended my term, we were over $50,000. And that's for how long? Four years. Four years. In that brief sample, clearly a terrible person. Right. Go on. <laughs> that I need to be saved. Yeah, clearly. And so then he, you know, he wanted pictures and I should tell him how how much I don't want to sin and he can convert <laughs> me and he can help what? me. And so then I informed him that my religion is probably older than him <laughs> and his religion. So he didn't understand. And I was like, well, I'm a Greek Orthodox and not a Catholic or some Christian. So you can go on your merry little way and try and convert somebody else. And then I blocked him off of Instagram. So what did we learn from this? That. Sometimes even people with good intentions are crazy. Mm. Yes, the road to ruin often paved <laughs> with good intentions. Yes. Perfectly fine, for the record. Let me, let me throw this out there for the show's stance. You want to be religious? Be religious. That's not yes. the problem here. Keep it to yourself asking, unless somebody asks you. Yes, the asking for uh, the photos and telling me your sins and how you needed to be saved and how you can save me is probably not needed. No, no. Something's rotten in the state of Denmark there. Mm-hmm. Just a little. Still doesn't beat Cot Guy. No. He's like the pinnacle. But this guy got crazy. Like, his sins were like, I know what it's like if you love your spouse. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. And he was like, I'm just like you. And he said a picture yeah, of him in underoos. He's un- like, we're underoos. all sinners together and we can all be saved together. And I was like, I don't mm. need to be saved, you crazy loon. Mm. At least he seemed sincere, right? Yes, we'll go with that. There, there wasn't like, he didn't get messages in and then he's like, what are you wearing? No, he didn't want me to send him pictures of myself. No, nothing like that. It's okay. So at least, yeah. at least there was some sincerity on his part. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. but sincere. Yeah. No one can save you. You just can save yourself. That's right. Even if you decide that that is turning yourself over to a higher power, you're still doing the work. So, mm-hmm. so I, I suppose that's the thing there. We don't want to get too far into religious territory because invariably somebody's toes are going to get stepped on. Just remember, folks, that is Joe Colton presents creepy fanboy messages straight from Loser Town. We're not laughing with you. We're laughing at you. Oh, yeah. If you ever recognize yourself in that segment, Something's wrong. You, you need to make some changes. <laughs> Don't put yourself in this situation again. Nope. Uh, Joe Colton back to her horn. <laughs> I need to get back. Such a whore. I need to get back to my horn, frankly. I'm, I'm not doing nearly enough of that lately. Yeah, you should be. Moving on. <laughs> Next news item. First news item. Maybe we should start the news before I go to next news item. It's time for the news. First news item. Hasbro Insider Trading. Oh, no. Yes. Top Hasbro officials were named in a class action lawsuit filed by Robbins, Geller, Rudman, and Dowd, LLP. 
Come uh, on. From businesswire.com. The complaint alleges that during the class period, defendants made false and misleading statements and or failed to disclose adverse information regarding Hasbro's business and prospects. Specifically, defendants knew or recklessly disregarded that Hasbro's relationship with Toys R Us was becoming increasingly important to Hasbro's business, as Toys R Us was the primary retail brick-and-mortar toy store in the United States, and that Toys R Us was in far worse financial condition than was being publicly reported, and it would have had to dramatically scale back its operations or file for bankruptcy and liquidate. In addition, Hasbro was experiencing significant undisclosed adverse sales issues in two key markets, the UK and Brazil, which were negatively impacting the company's efforts to grow sales in those markets. As a result of information being withheld from the market, the price of Hasbro was artificially, during the class period, to over $115 per share, and Hasbro's insiders were able to sell $147 million worth of their personally held Hasbro stock to the public at those inflated prices. On this news, the price of stock declined from 92.69 per share to 89.79, a 22% decline from the class period high, $115.95 per share. So good times there, shenanigans at the top of the Hasbro ladder. I think it was filed back beginning of November. It was in regards to the, the stock sale happened at the end of, I believe it was at the end of 2017, and then this suit was filed the end of 2018. And Carson, fill in the details on this one. Yeah. Flickety-clacked on the old found out, uh, thanks to the Providence Journal. According to the lawsuit, Goldner, you guys know Goldner, he's the CEO, and eight senior executives and directors sold 1.4 million shares. During the period, specifically the suit says, Goldner collected 22 million in proceeds, while John Frascati, company president, collected 4.7. Now, this hurt my heart a little bit because Alan's a great guy. He came and talked to us at the VIP dinner at Hascon last year, and, he's, and he was uh, had nothing but nice things to say about G.I. Joe. And Alan Hassenfeld, the former chairman and CEO of Hasbro, sold $1 million, collecting $104 million. Mm. Hassenfeld declined to comment on the pending litigation. Insider trading is a bad thing, guys. You, you can't, you got to disclose what you know to the investors. You can't be hiding unfortunate circumstances around your company and meanwhile sell your stock. They generally frown on that. For a situation that they're in, with, with as much as is in flux with Hasbro at the moment, you can't be engaging in that kind of shenanigans. I'm no financial wizard. I don't want to make it sound like I have anything more than a very rudimentary understanding of how this stuff works. But, uh, really? It doesn't give anybody a whole lot of confidence, whether it's it's fans of the product or investors or anyone that you're dealing with ethical and forthright people running your company. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is, it's not much has been made of it, which is surprising to me. But this could be pretty damaging in the big picture. There could be a lot of changes that happen at Hasbro because of this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's big news. It's potentially huge news. And we'll certainly do our best to try and stay on top of that as more is found out and disclosed to the public. So, next news item. <laughs> uh, nice. You, you guys gave the news sound so hard that it actually fritzed out the entire connection. That's pretty awesome. Stop. You broke it? You broke it. That's kind of cool. Considering I'm normally sitting here waiting for it for like 30 seconds, that's pretty good. Producer Lorenzo de Bonaventura confirmed that Snake Eyes movie will... A prequel, if you will. Production will begin in spring 2019. 
Location scouting is happening in Los Angeles, Vancouver, and rural Japan. Carson, go ahead with what you were saying. I think what they're trying to do is cut budget significantly by not having to do traditional vehicles. I, I think in retaliation, we got, what, that, like, one hiss tank? That thing was awesome. I loved it. I'm not complaining. It was great. But, you know, we just didn't get that kind of volume of um, tons of characters in costume or, or tons of big vehicles compared to, like, Rise of Cobra, which had a really big special effects budget and had some of those kind of bigger scenes. I think with this one, they're trying to keep it more intimate, and it's going to be Snake Eyes somewhere in Southeast Asia, kind of searching for himself after the war. He ends up linking up with Tommy, joining the Ninja Clan, and they have to stop some terrorist incident, which ho- hopefully is Cobra-related. There's a love interest there at the Arashikage compound, something to that effect. They're, they're doing an all-Asian cast, I think with the exception of uh, Snake Eyes, which will be a younger, not Ray Park actor, think we've heard any speculation on who they're casting as snake eyes yet but i'll be very interested to to hear who they i'd love to like in the beginning and then Mm -hmm. at the end kind of do it like a memory movie like where he's sitting and meditating and he looks back on life yeah or a memory of him and tommy he could be journaling and that gives us that gives us his voiceover (laughs) because it's in his head right you know they want to make him talk don't make him talk. So here's the thing. Transformers just basically did a reboot and went back in the day. And obviously they used Bumblebee, which is the Transformer that can't talk. And now G.I. Joe, we're going retro back in the day and we're doing Snake Eyes who can't talk. Like for some reason, Hasbro, they get formulaic with these things. Like if you think back to the 1987 G.I. Joe movie and you mm-hmm. think back to 86 Transformers and the arc between Hot Rod being the lovable but not responsible character that then has went to the responsible leader. It's just like Falcon, who was the irresponsible but lovable like ladies' man, but he has to grow into a position of responsibility after Duke gets hold up hit one, in the heart. Hold up one second. I'm going to throw your application of the term lovable to your personal <laughs> bias for the character. <laughs> okay. Falcon was an ass oh, in that I movie. Mean, he was an ass. Yeah, he was a pretty selfish, uh, womanizing ass. All right, fine, Mike. You win. He was a credit to his country. Hot Rod was kind of lovable. He had this whole thing, you know, the whole thing with Daniel getting in the movie and all that stuff. They were a little too close. All right, well, you you go there then. <laughs> you go there. It's funny, though. Like, look at the repetition between 86 Transformers, 87 Joe, and then look at the repetition now with 2018 Bumblebee and then 2019, or 2019 Bumblebee and 2020 Joe. It's kind of interesting. Maybe. How did Uh, Bumblebee end up doing? Okay. I don't want to get too far into it because a big chunk of the discussion in last month's episode with with Arun is about Bumblebee. Mm -hmm. But it, it did okay. It was pretty lukewarm here in the States in terms of box office. It wasn't a failure by any stretch. Transformers Bumblebee has had the longest shelf life of a, of a Transformers film. Like it's, it's, it's had less precipitous fall off, I would say than previous Transformers movies. So that means people, people actually enjoyed it. Maybe they're going out and seeing it again, or maybe they're telling other people that they enjoyed it. And so that's causing it to have a more prolonged success rate at the box office. So that's really good. Yeah, I, I think the the amount of money that they spent on it, they it behooved them to keep it out there, because they had the misfortune of, of being in the in the theaters up against Aquaman, which was, was still in theaters. Is still in theaters too, but that's a house on fire that you can't predict. 
Like, yeah. You knew Aquaman was going to do okay. Everybody seems to like Jason Momoa right now, and, and the special effects were going to be good, and DC's on kind of an upswing after Wonder Woman, and the, the, you know, the Shazam previews have everybody buzzing a little bit. So, so yeah, Aquaman was going to do well, but I don't think anybody saw Aquaman making $1.2 billion or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Do you know that I've gone to see that movie four times? Really? Yeah. You're big on the Aquaman. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. It's good. My, my brother liked mm. it. He's kind of check your brain at the door, but definitely check your brain at the door. My my nephew was my uh, will kids like it kind of test, and he was on the edge of his seat the entire movie. He absolutely loved it. For me, I I just didn't. You know, it was just okay. I wouldn't go see it again. I kind of wish I would have gone to see Bumblebee instead. <laughs> and then on top of that, when it was released, and, and this isn't in theaters anymore, but you're fighting the same audience for Into the Spider-Verse. Oh. Yeah, which, which was fantastic. Which that was a, film was amazing. Yeah, that was, really? that was, it was amazing. It was... Uh, oh, it's so good, man. The yeah. animation's really good, but the story really good. Like, I cared about all those characters by the end of that movie. Yeah. And that just doesn't happen that often for me anymore. Yeah, not only did they effectively sell you Miles Morales as Spider-Man, which mm-hmm. is a tough sell to, to a mainstream audience because it's been 50-some-odd years of Peter Parker. So, But they also found a way to do that and then take the Peter Parker in that movie and maybe make him the best movie, too. I mean, you you got you to gotta catch that one. Yeah. How did you yeah, it was, it was fantastic, man. How did you miss Into the Spider-Verse? I'm not a big Spider-Man fan. I think it was... Uh, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forget the director's name now. I don't know uh, who the director was. I, I couldn't tell you anything about it that way. Yeah. It was amazing. Pardon the pun, Spider-Man. Amazing. So that was what it had to deal with when it came out around Christmas. And it's good that they left Bumblebee out there to kind of pick that money up and to be everybody's second and third choice. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen a single bad review for it. Yeah. And it just strikes me as funny that finally on the sixth Transformer movie, they made one that people should want to go and see, and they're having a problem getting people to go see it. It looks like it's tracking to make $400 million worldwide, and it's made $100 million domestic plus. And that was like an article from mid-January. Yeah, well, so. when uh, when we covered it with, with Arun last month, it was it was just getting over the $100 million mark domestically. So right. whatever it's done since then, it's probably a good deal past $100 million at this point, probably in that 120 neighborhood. I haven't looked to the exact figure. But mm-hmm. when it's all said and done, it's going to be okay. But I am glad that Snake Eyes got greenlit before that movie got started. Because if they had just gone by gate, Snake Eyes could have been dead in the water. Mm. I just went to box office mojo. It's looking like Bumblebee's at 450 with 331 coming foreign and 124 coming domestic, which I think was about what that uh, the last night did, which was compared to the other four that had come before it, uh, I guess a failure because they had done a billion a piece. And so it only it only did half a billion. So this one's doing a little under half a billion as well. But at least the reviews are better. Yeah, from what I understand, a, a much better movie. I haven't I haven't seen Bumblebee yet either. I'm hoping it can hang on for a couple more days. I get a chance in a couple of days to maybe get out and get to the theater. But yeah. anyways, next news item. In another staff shakeup at IDW, Chris Ryall is back as editor in chief. Mm-hmm. 
last major G.I. Joe comic book event notwithstanding is generally a good news for G.I. Joe and comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's a fan. He, he's definitely a fan. He is more than willing to get G.I. Joe out in front of whatever it is that IDW is trying to do. They've let Larry Hama take the ball and run with it in his own book and continue to, to build that up. I, it's one of their best-selling books, if not their very best-selling book, now that the, the Transformers ones have all been kind of shut down and booted up again. So it's kind of trendy to bash on IDW. But the, the comic business is not nearly as stable a place as it used to be. Mm-hmm. You're not going to sell a ton of copies of anything unless you have the kind of market depth like a DC and Marvel do. Mm. Even they don't sell a whole lot of books, a whole lot of titles. The fact that they've been able to turn G.I. Joe into a pretty solid performer where you can count on moving five to 6,000 books every month is a good thing, and I think IDW on, on the whole has been very good for the Joe and, and all the Hasbro properties. That said, please, please never, never do the combined universe again. Uh, uh. Or if you're going to do a combined universe, make it a little bit more organic. That hurt. That hurt. I heard it was out of sequence. I heard if you read the crossover that there was kind of spoilers from one book to the next. I, and that just that just kind of shows a lack of someone overseeing it at all, a degree that they should. Carson, I, I can't even give you... Uh, real criticism on that because i it was such a jumbled mess i I don't remember which book was which Mm. i mean it was it was just you had joe's in the joe book and and joe's in the transformer book and joe's in the mask book and transformers in the joe book and transformers in the mask book and transform it it just like the whole the key to it all was just throwing a little piece of everything in every title and it just didn't work it's a lot it was like your your toy chest threw up on you. It was just terrible. Oh, wow. Hey, actually, this is the first time I've looked at Comicron in a long time. They track the diamond distributor numbers for print sales. And this will be monthlies, right? Just floppy copies, not mm-hmm. trade paperbacks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, uh, number 258, sold 6,535 copies. That's more than I expected it to. I, th- I thought it was around the 4,000 copies mark so it, it was and and then the dawn arc bumped it up to yeah. another level well there you go so so that's good news man yeah it's a good thing it's it's a solid performer for a small production company like idw 60, mm-hmm. 6500 copies through diamond is it's a lot of copies yeah. right it doesn't account for any digital right everybody that buys through amazon or comiXology yeah uh none, none of that stuff is counted so who knows how much they're selling in, in uh, digital. Pretty awesome. Again, we covered this some with the rune last month. He's very definitely a fan. And so uh, good good to have him back and, and in charge and hopefully just kind of sings down there at, uh, at IDW, keep a, a productive partnership going for a while. They can definitely make a profit at 6,500 copies. No question. In a world where G.I. Joe is, is really lost i mean comics are all we have right now yeah that's it it's all gi joe right now yeah so the fact that they've got a a nice stable home and and place to live so to speak that means a lot means an Uh awful lot Mm -hmm. uh, next news item the marv kickstarter from wayward goat collectibles 
is live. Go Marv. It is currently at $30,251, and that is as of today, February 7. The goal is $125,000, but it is active for another 35 days. So this yeah. episode should be posted before that's done. Everybody will have a chance to go to kickstarter.com and search Marv to pull that up and check it out. We will toss this over to lead Marv correspondent Carson Metaxas. Cool, man. Thank you. When's the last time that we got a completely unique G.I. Joe vehicle mold? Does anybody remember? Uh, probably the wolf. It's been a long damn time. And it was a remake, right? The wolf, I actually heard that they did a 3D scan of the original wolf to make the new wolf. So, sense. yeah, I mean, you'd have to go back even further than that to find an original, an all-original vehicle, new mold, but also new design. It's just been a long time. I mean, they, they used to do them. You know, there, there were some cool ones that came along. Marv is here to save the day, man. I, it's a very ambitious goal. The idea of someone that's new to the industry, uh, hasn't made something before, but has this grand vision of making a vehicle that is going to basically, you can completely change the personality of this vehicle by adding add-on parts. So if you think about it like you think about Marauder figures where you can add on different you know, vests and hats and helmets and pockets and ammo clips and whatever and change the character of each of those figures, you're going to be able to do that with this vehicle. He's already shown some 3D renderings of, well, hell, we'll, we'll say a motorcycle gang type crew. <laughs> uh, we all know who I'm talking about, where you can add on armored paneling and barbed wire and stuff and, and completely change the look of this vehicle. So it goes from a military thing to kind of a, a punk biker gang kind of thing. There's also like a zombie hunter accessory kit i've seen not just the vehicle as it is on kickstarter right now but i've seen it with some of these other planned accessory kits and it's pretty amazing what you can do with this thing so i'm all in i'm i'm, I'm booking the uh, motor pool there's 50 of these available and only 16 of those are left that's where you get five of them but i think with the recent updates he's shown uh, different colors so there's stealth black like an olive a dark green there's a, a cobra blue basically I, I think believe that the, red one. the green and blue are stretch goals. So I'm looking at the graphic for it right here. Drab Green Marv now unlocks at 250 backers, and the blue unlocks at 500 backers. And both of those have to be like at the Marv level, which is the the one vehicle for 90 bucks kind of thing. Yeah, it's a little, so it's I, a little I, different on the changed. stretch goals. It, it's a little different. They want right. to secure number of vehicles. Right. And I think that's a mandate coming from the factory of, well, if you want other colors, you have to order such a, such a number quantity. He's a transparent guy. I know this guy. Full transparency. He's helped me with all of my fulfillments for the 3D Joe's books and posters. He's a good friend of mine. So just throw that out there. But his budget on here is $84,000 for tools, molds, and production. 4300 for product testing and quality control, 9200 for packaging and freight, 15000 for ship, and 125 for Kickstarter fees. I don't think he's padding this thing. I know that he would have loved to have this budget at 100 I just don't think he could get it there. Yeah. So, tooling I mean, is, we'll see. Tooling is rough. Yeah. I mean, 125 grand is a lot of money, man. I really, really hope he gets there. I backed it, but... We'll see how it goes, man. we got 35 days left. I think he started with a 45-day campaign, so he's been going for 10 days. He's got 167 backers, and he's raised a little over 30. So we'll see how it goes. But I want it in my collection. You know, I mean, when's the, when's the next time we're going to get another original, highly detailed vehicle? 
with the added bonus that this one is modular and we'll be able to add on different parts to change the personality of them. Yeah. I just think it's a really cool concept. 2020 at least. And yeah. there too, you don't know what the success of this could beget. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I know, Might open the door. I know yeah. 90 bucks for one vehicle is a little steep. Mm-hmm. But think of the money that you're not spending on that without Joe's at retail, and, and it's not a bad place to to get in on something at the ground floor. I would say $35 for a Collecting the Art of G.I. Joe 78-page book is a little steep too, right? If you compared that to something else that was mass-produced and distributed in comic shops and Barnes and & Nobles, you probably wouldn't have to pay 35 bucks for it. But the simple fact that I could only produce 1,000 of those meant that the price per unit had to go up, you know, and that's exactly what he's dealing with here. You know, that a, that a vehicle like this would cost 90 bucks. Well, that's probably because he's only going to produce 500 of them or a thousand of them or however many it ends up being. Yeah. It'll be nice to see if the Phantom gets out and boss fights this one up for them. I sure hope so, man. It's got rubber tires. Like if you look at the interior, it's got like little seat belt details on the seats. It's got a lot of kind of engine and console details like it's this is a very highly detailed vehicle and he showed the underside of it so it's solid there's even different dashboards on this isn't it yeah you could go european dashboard and you can go american dashboard so left-sided or right-sided so you can swap those out and again that speaks to the modular concept of it it's awesome dude i've I've been watching him do this stuff behind the scenes for like a, a little over a year now he's gotten two prototypes in hand he got the first prototype and made a bunch of changes to it and just got the second prototype and i've seen the second prototype I mean, the rubber tires, the solid body, this is better than any G.I. Joe vehicle that we got in the 90s because by then they started to hollow out the underbellies and things just started feeling cheaper. I'd say this is comparable to the glory day of G.I. Joe with highly detailed vehicles. If we're looking for a comp, how would you compare it to, let's say, the Pursuit of Cobra van, something that's a similar type of vehicle? How would you compare it to that? I haven't seen side-by-side photos of that, so I'm... I can oh, have him post one. That's right. You, know? you don't you don't collect modern, so you don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I do collect modern remakes of the originals. So if it was something that I had when I was a kid, I'll buy the modern equivalent of it, like say the Vamp, because I like that they did the two tone interior on the new Vamp, and I like the little metal kick plates on the water moccasin. You know, so there's there's some stuff that they did with the modern remakes that I love. So I actually do collect modern vehicles, but I tend to only stick to the vehicles that actually existed when I was a kid. Mm. For the most part, there are some exceptions to that. Pursuit of Cobra Vamp is not one of those. No, it's not. But I do have like the uh, the Hiss tank that rises up and looks really awesome. There's some other modern stuff that I do have. <laughs> Joe Colton, what you think? Caught her sleeping. I'm, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm Marv, to... Marv put her to sleep. Yes. We're going to go with yes. Marv put me to sleep. <laughs> It's so boring. Careful. Yep. Terrible. It's just, that's like the worst review ever. She's, she's <laughs> probably off being a harlot somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm making commission estimates that I have to send out tonight. You're that's working right. right now. Yes. <sighs> so, if I was dating you, I would be very upset right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I should make a shirt that says you can't be upset you're dating Joe Colton. <laughs> Let me and on the best. back it says Harland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know, I'm gonna guess that the guy who is dating Joe Colton isn't that upset. No. Um, he, he's he's watching TV with mom. <laughs> he's he's probably thrilled enough that you make your own money. See? Right. 
I like Wes. Wes is my boy. <laughs> He's the wrist lock, Wes Whitlock. Oh, I didn't tell you guys. So he's being an, uh, honored into the uh, the wrestling hall of fame for the level of wrestling he was at. You really? You don't yeah. remember? You don't remember the like, name of the? You don't remember the name of the federation? It's the Maryland Wrestling Association. That's awesome. Yeah. Is it? Really? That's not what it was. That's not the name of it, is it? Yeah. I'm pulling it's it. It's EWA. It's not NCW. It's the other one. But it, they're under all under Maryland, the state. And I was like, "Does that mean you're gonna like wrestle again?" And he's like, "I don't know, maybe." I'm like, "Are you going back?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you retired, and he's like, "I'm retired." And I was like, "Oh, retiring, feel for, it." Retirements for old men. So he's gonna have a match to put over the next kid. That's what they do in wrestling. That, that's what happens. Your retirement match is never your your actual last match. Right. Yeah, it's the one after when you get inducted. So it, it's, <laughs> the it's wrestling not, hall of fame. It's not Eastern Wrestling Alliance that's putting him in. Yes, that's it. But okay. it's under Maryland. Are you billing this? No, I just when I was out that way to fill everybody else in. Uh, I have other friends that live in D.C. And oh, some, that's right. Some of you my uh, my other friends from the Midwest were also in D.C. for this wedding because because Ben was a guy who we all knew in high school. So it's this meshing of, of Mike's worlds. We all went to dinner one night, and my friends Jamie and Andrew were enthralled by Wes's wrestling stories. Hmm. So, so Jamie was, was texting me after I got home. Uh, That's asking right. Asking me for the specifics on, on which wrestling league Wes was a part of and, and wanted to uh -huh. know more about all this stuff. It's like, I, I don't know, man. Punch it into Google because you'll know as much as I will. Right. That's awesome. So, it's one of the guys in WWE, he used to wrestle. It's really weird. I've watched those guys wrestle, and now they're on shows. <laughs> it's very cool. Very cool. But, hey, he's a Hall of Famer. Whatever. It's a Hall of Famer. If he are, busts are his you, head open, I'm going to kill him. Are you worried that's going to change things, Joe? No. Okay, good. Th things will be different with his head busted open. <laughs> <laughs> True that. I mean, someday he'll be there for you when they're inducting you in the G.I. Joe Podcasting Hall of Fame. Yes. Probably for whatever show you're on after this one. Mm. Mm -hmm. But yeah. we'll just, we're the first rung on your ladder, I'm sure. You're the only rung on the ladder. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. It's a pretty sad ladder. That's a, that's a, it's, like a, it's like a shoebox. You just kind of step up and you're only up there for a half a second before it caves. Uh, well, that was nice. <laughs> What's that? Oh, I'm just, that's what she said when she got to the top of the box. Yeah. Uh, yay. Yay. It's, it's broken. You got to tell your friend Greg, though. Mm -hmm. The Marv is good to go because now he's got the what's on Joe Mine push. You know, I remember that push. I do remember that push. You don't mess with the what's on Joe Mine push. We are perfect. True story. We have hit on all of them. So it took one of them more than once. So mm -hmm. there is that one caveat in there. That but as, as long as you talk about it, it comes to... We talk about it, it happens. So continue yeah. to, to support the What's on Joe Mind push. It's amazing. Next news item. Now you, now you got news sound. <laughs> Action Man revealed at the 2019 UK Toy Fair. Action Man? Action Man, oh. yes. News from the early part of 2019 already. How about that? We're only a month in. 
the company that did the 50th anniversary was not, obviously not Palatoy. It was a company called Art and Science International. And they were so they're successful enough on the 50th anniversary line that they have gone ahead with a full Action Man launch for 2019. It's a line that includes a, a pilot, a sailor, a soldier, deluxe versions of those three figures, and then a retired footballer. So, retired footballer. Correct. The display they had set up had small vehicles and stuff like that. I don't know how that will be released or planned to be released in 2019. I think it's certainly in the plans if they have some success with these initial offerings. Hmm. So who's excited about this? Is this something you'll be going for? No, because it's in the 12-inch scale. Yeah. I don't have the time or, or space to, to really add mm -hmm. another collection. It, it's Unfortunately, it's not for me. It's pretty cool if, if you're into 12-inch Joes. This is going to go right into your collection right alongside of that. I'm also curious to what kind of distribution it's going to get here in the States. Uh -huh. But I've, our fans in Europe are probably going crazy right now. That's crazy. Crazy. I hold my outlet converter aloft in solidarity with our UK fans. What I'd just be happy to get anything these days. But. Truly, I'm a little jealous. Yeah. So good luck with that. Buy them up. Uh -huh. Buy them up, UK. Go to allthecoolstuff.co.uk. By the action man. Next news item. <laughs> the G.I. Joe Collectors Club Final 12, Zartan and Night Stalkers have arrived. So if you put in those pre-orders, you have probably received them by now. If you have not, you should get on the phone. Mm -hmm. Carson, you didn't, you didn't go in on any of this, did you? No, I didn't, man. I bucked the club a little while back. I want to say it was like 2013, maybe. Maybe 2015. 14 where i just decided i wasn't gonna pay club prices so i won't sour it for anybody else i mean i will say zartan looked pretty cool man that brand new head sculpt and i really love that three-wheeler motorcycle that they had i think from rise of cobra mm -hmm. or uh, pursuit of cobra i've got that motorcycle i've got two of those in my collection so like you were saying i don't collect modern i've got two of those motorcycles because I, I really dig it but yeah so i think the zartan was a they're going out on a bang, man. And some of the card art that uh, Adam Riches has put together for this last run has just been phenomenal. I've been seeing people's packages come in, and I've had a just a little tinge of like, ah, oh, man, I kind of wish I went in on it. But that's just because, you know, I want to buy some new stuff, and, and the stuff that I'm seeing coming out from them is looking pretty good. But, man, those prices this last time, I just, nah, man, I'm good. Yeah, I went in for Zartan. I went in for the Night Stalkers. I am happy with mm -hmm. both of those purchases. Zartan is one of those absolute gangbusters out of the park products. Uh -huh. Night Stalkers are cool, but you know what you're getting there. Zartan's fantastic. He's got the, the bow and the quiver with the removable arrow. Uh, uh -huh. His little submachine gun grenade launcher thing. And he's got a bike, and it's, the bike has all the cool stuff from... All the cool stuff there. It is all, <laughs> all the stuff from the original release, except for the nail gun. Which right. Which is because the nail gun was eh, not necessarily... Like mine has, I have problems keeping mine on the bike with the original one, so I, I'm not that you know I don't miss it, not having it there. Congratulations, there. It's it's really it's an outstanding piece. It's it's very much on par with last year's Dreadnought Stinger and Heart Wrencher. I did not do anything with the final twelve. I'm with you on that. It's it's just more money that I can justify for character versions that I am not used about. So you know I do collect all the carded Falcons I can get my hands on. So I do want to pick up that Sonic Falcon. 
but that's just because of my weird Falcon obsession. Well, I mean, you can do that. Yeah. Gonna, but it's like I, I did actually look um, look at them on eBay the other night, and I think they're ranging from 70, maybe 60 at the lowest to 80 at the highest. And again, I'm just not willing to pull that trigger yet at that price. Well, I'm you, just you're going to get not. a gloriously neon road pig to go with it if you buy it directly from the club. So do you really enjoy the kind of neon 90s stuff then, Mike? Not really, no. Um, if you're going to go there, I mean, that's just tacky and tasteless enough that yeah it's, it's yeah blasted neon road pig that's just that's hilariously awful like he's got a spray tan on that's not criticizing how the club rendered it because it's fairly faithful to the original mm-hmm. one from the the mid 90s there uh, i'm Absolutely. not criticizing their product in that regard that's what they wanted to do they did a good job of it mm-hmm. again it's the same reason i've got a, a street fighters e honda it's just it's awful but it's so awful that it's kind of memorable. Huh. Joe Colton, you get in on any of that? No. I bought a house. I'm That's poor. right. You got a I, house. Went on, I went on a cruise. I can't afford that. And, and I bought boat. the Scarlet, the $700 figure, so I have to. Wait, 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 wait. Let, get, anyways, save that for later. We'll get to what we got in. I don't, I don't want to I don't want to get us out of Okay. So Give the Collectors Club a look if you're interested at all in any of those offerings. They're not going to be there for too much longer. Mm-mm. When does their store shut down? Do we know? No. I thought it was December-ish. Okay. Well, yeah, but they've, like, they're have like they allowed to clear out remaining stock on some things after that. So it, it's still technically open now. The Zartan sold out. But if you wanted to get in and get yeah. Night Stalkers now or you want to get on the Final 12 now, you could do that with the remaining stock that they've got on hand. It's just so strange that they'd rather not sell anything than sell some stuff through the club. Yeah. It is weird. Until you're ready to do something else, why shut everything down? But whatever. Probably. Yeah, I don't understand either. In fairness, it's probably for the best at this point. Because I, th- I think on the whole, since the Transformers license got pulled and, and left earlier, mm-hmm. a couple years ago, the club budget has obviously been probably 60% less than what it normally was. Yeah. And their offerings, out of them, you, you could tell. Like, yeah. been a, there's been a decline. Yeah. And, and not, the prices and the price have gone up, meanwhile. So Yeah, price, pricing is, has, has not gotten any better or even stayed the same. And again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm necessarily criticizing this. It's the realities of doing business in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I can still only buy the stuff that I want to buy. And I can ignore the price tag on the stuff that I really like a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to do it on stuff that I don't have any interest in. It was it was a proud moment with. <laughs> yeah, it's, when, I, when it, I quit buying their stuff. <laughs> I've never had a real issue with saying no to club offerings that I didn't want to buy. Mm-hmm. If I really liked something, I would just bite my tongue and buy it because I knew I wasn't doing that for everything. Like, you're already anticipating spending $40 for something. I'm not going to get my nose out of joint if the price tag comes and it's $50 if it's something that I really want. That's not that big yeah. of a deal. I've already budgeted out way too much for that particular toy because I'm a freaking man in my early 40s. So spending a little bit more than I'm already anticipating spending isn't such a big deal. But I'm not going to go from zero to crazy for something that I'm lukewarm on. Yep, exactly. Anyways, next news item. Our friends at Boss Fight Studios have a new sh- their shelves. 
They do. That's they awesome. They do the Knight of Asperity from their Vitruvian Hacks Wave 2 was voted the ToyNewsEye.com 3.75 to 5-inch figure of the year. So a round of applause for Boss Fight Studio. Our, our good friends and sometime guest hosts. <laughs> you, have you gotten on board with any of the hacks? Either of you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when they first yeah. came out, I bought all the Gorgon sisters, uh, and I got you know the multiple versions of Medusa and Obviously, Metaxas is a Greek last name, and so I've always been a huge fan of anything kind of Greek-related. So I picked up a few figures here and there. I, I try not to go whole hog on it, but I enjoy them, and they're super high quality. Everything that I bought from them is really nice. The Clash of the Titans was one of my favorite movies growing up, so to be able to get a, a really cool, high-quality Medusa was a lot of fun. Just upset that Perseus didn't look any Harry Hamlin, huh? True that. <laughs> Aren't they working on those horses right now? And there's yeah. one there's one that kind of looks like Pegasus. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm genuinely enthused about getting a really cool looking Pegasus. Now I just need the little metal owl to go with it. <laughs> a metal clockwork owl. Oh lord. I love that damn owl. That movie is bad enough that it comes out the other side. It's still charming. Some about 1980-1981. There's a bunch of just movies that are just they're hilariously awful, but that makes them awesome. Like Clash yeah. of the Titans is one. Flash Gordon is one, even though I think that's a little bit before that particular year. Just right in that late 70s, early 80s wheelhouse that when they tried to make an epic, didn't quite have the technology to pull it off in a lot of cases. Right. But man, they're, they're still just fun to watch. I just bought the Blu-ray of Clash of the Titans and watched it again for the first time. And yeah, man, sure, it's low quality and there's some really cheesy graphics. The bird flying through at the beginning. Yeah, and I mean, the main guy's face with his little butt chin and his square jaw got kind of annoying to me <laughs> this time around. But no, all, all in all, man, I still really enjoyed it. <laughs> Damn his pretty face. Uh, when they remade that a couple of years ago, I think the biggest problem is is that they tried to do it right. Mm. They didn't go for that over-the-top cheese factor like the first one did. Yep. They, they tried to actually do it straight, and no, just no, didn't work. So was it, was it just horrible? It wasn't horrible. It was watchable, but it, like, there's nothing that says to me, oh, you got to go see that again. Right. The best bit is just when Liam Neeson says, release the Kraken, and then the Kraken pops out. Nice. It's a catchphrase with a thousand uses. Mm -hmm. But that's really the only moment in that movie. They, they tried to play it straight. It doesn't work straight. That's just a campy, cheesy story that needs to be played campy and cheesy. Mm -hmm. Joe Colton, you have dates on the Greek offerings. No, but I, too, collect the hacks. I have all the Medusas, and I'm looking forward to the, the horse. And I've got some of the, the woodland was the the next one after the the easy edition the what i i think i i always refer to it as the fantasy edition yes the fantasy edition whatever yeah the elves and the fairies and the knights and all that stuff yes yes i bought a bunch of those they were beautifully made and the detail and the sculpts is amazing so they're fantastic I get suckered in you're paying 15 to 25 dollars for either a basic or a normal figure so it's a little steep but, wow, mm -hmm. you get what you pay for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So if you're on the fence and you're thinking, well, been out for a couple of years now, but I never got to get one in hand, and no, absolutely worth the money. If you, if you have the money to spend on it, I would absolutely recommend spending it on it because they're mm-hmm. they're fantastic. A well earned reward, a ward, I should say. It's interesting when they first came out. I had a few buddies that went all in, and so you know when their stuff came in, they actually had extras, and I ended up picking up my initial stuff from my friends that had ordered through the Kickstarter. I didn't back the Kickstarter. And then I didn't buy any more through their website or anything like that. But then I was at, a, I think it was Joe Fest last year, and Roma was there set up with this huge display of Boss Fight Studios product. And man, when you see that stuff in person, you can't, as a fan of toys of this, you know, 118th scale, highly articulate action figures, you can't look at that stuff on a shelf and not walk away with some of it. And I think I was paying like maybe 30 a figure or something like that, but... I just had to do it. Like there was, there was no walking away from it. They're amazing. Yeah, I think when Roma sells that at shows, I think they go for the twenty-five that they you could get <coughs> online for. I think they keep the price the same on, okay. on new offerings. Okay. Sure. Because I've picked up a few pieces at Kokomo Toys, and that's that's all Todd's ever gone for too. So I think they try to keep the price consistent, at least at the. Again, those are the the two big brick and mortar, and I'll put that in quotes because. Yeah. Roma Collectibles, kind of the the rogue, vagabond, hobo, brick-and-mortar retailer. Mm-hmm. He needs a t-shirt that says that, vagabond, hobo, retailer. Next news item. Rack time! It's, rack time is where we review comics of recent release. G.I. Joe 259 hit the shelves just a couple days ago, and Mm -hmm. G.I. Joe Sierra Muerte number one came out too, and that's the first issue of the three-issue limited series from critically acclaimed artist Michael Fifa. It's only three? Yeah. It's only three issues? Okay. Yeah, I thought it was going to be four too, but then after reading the book, it says three, so okay. Mm -hmm. I know there's been some apprehension about that book, but I'll say after reading the first issue, it's pretty interesting. I'm excited to see where it goes. You can like the art or not like the art. It's really not that bad in the book. You can tell that it takes place outside of our normal Hamaverse. Some of the characters are tweaked just a little bit. It kind of combines the comic and the cartoon influences. It's it's very much its own entity, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin too much of it because, again, it, as of this point, it's been out for two days. It plants the seeds. The guy's obviously a fan. He's not just some guy who got a project. This guy likes G.I. Joe. Uh, you can tell that this is something he's wanted to do for a while. One issue in, he's crafted what is sizing up to be a pretty intricate story. Nice. So how would you compare it to, say, Tom Scioli's run? Oh, is it more is it more reverent? Yeah. Or It's not the same level of camp, right? The difference is, with this, the art looks a little campy, but the story isn't really campy at all. There you go. Yeah. Or it's it's within the normal acceptable levels of G.I. Joe camp. Tom Scioli's Transformers G.I. Joe was just weird and the longer it went, the weirder it got. And mm. I couldn't get behind it. I'm okay with doing something different with the property. I don't want to make it sound like, oh well it's not the Homaverse. Well, no, it's not the Homaverse, and that's okay sometimes. Right. But but it wasn't anything. Like it was, <laughs> it was just it was just bizarre. And yeah. Tom Scioli right now has a, has a book out with GoBots mm-hmm. where he's similarly, he's writing and doing the art for. 
and I've read a couple issues of that in, in the store, and you know what? There's a story there. Like, he's doing a better job with GoBots than G.I. Joe and Transformers. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It's nuts. Like, I would actually, if I had a real budget for comics, I would consider picking up the GoBots book. Because mm. it's really not bad. I mean, there's a lot less invested there. I don't care what he does with these characters with stupid names like Screwhead. But whatever. The GoBots book is better than his G.I. Joe Transformers. But I, that's the real obvious comparison because of art. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't hold up. This appears to be a much better crafted comic project. Wow. I would give G.I. Joe Sierra Muerte number one a recommendation. Mm -hmm. And of course, two that's awesome. 259 it yet, but it's, it's Larry's book. It's part mm -hmm. four of the Cobra's Venom. I don't want to get into it and spoil it because I know some of us don't read it until they got the whole story in hand. I call that madness, but whatever. And as somebody who just recently started getting back into to Larry's book, I've, it's it, it feels good to be home. I'll say that in general. Anybody have any other thoughts? I just feel like I need to take the time and read a comic, man. That's That's been my issue. I just haven't been finding the time for that. Ooh, you know? I, I'm Mr. Heaven. When people want to buy my services, ooh, ooh <laughs> look at Carson swinging it around. <laughs> Oh lord! Whatever, man. Yeah. Just go to the comic store on Wednesday. Right. Just go. Just go. Let's so go. I'd be fair and say that I do buy a ton of comics. I actually do keep up with them, but uh, still read them. It's just yeah, it's making the time to read them. All you, over the place. You want a little insight into the brain of a uh, Carson? What I'm working on as we're talking right now is taking the old 1984 Vehicle Masters. The new 1984 vehicle box scans using my really fancy scanner, the uh, Milton Bradley card scans, and any other unadorned source art material that I can, putting them all in a Photoshop document so that I can send them up to Chad so he can work on the remasters that we're working on of 1982 to 1985. So that's the type of shit that I'm always doing. So instead of like reading stuff, I'm just always making stuff. You know what I mean? Mm, swinging it's it around. Swinging it around. <laughs> That's garbage. I just find I find just as much pleasure uh, in doing this kind of stuff. I guess. That's good. We're all better for it, man. We tease you about it here, but man, uh, you make this hobby a better place. So I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Aww. <laughs> man, Joe Colton exists only to bag today. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We ride her pretty hard sometimes too. That's gross. Whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said it. <laughs> letters from Creepy Town. Oh, God. Carson's letters from Creepy Town. I didn't know you were going to be on it. <laughs> Carson's live audio from Creepy Town. It happened. That's the news. Do, 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 do. That moves us into the Post Sock. Post Sock! Post Sock, sponsored by All the Cool Stuff. You can visit All the Cool Stuff at allthecoolstuff.co.uk. Tell proprietor Dave Tree that What's on Joe Mind sent you, and you will qualify for the special 0% discount and kiss on the lips. Mm. Tasty. That Dave, he's minty. And thanks to everybody. I put the call out a couple weeks ago to fill the post sock, and good Lord, did they respond. Which is yes. odd in that I normally put the call out to fill the post sock, and nobody fills the post sock. This time mm. we got like 12 letters, and there's no way we're sitting through 12 letters tonight. So, if we don't get to your letter here 
We're just saving it for next month because it's not time sensitive and we can answer it anytime. The ones that are more time sensitive, I, I tried to keep here. That's the story on Post Sox. So if you don't hear your question tonight, chill. We got you. From Twitter, and this is at Mamu Nestor. With the movie seemingly ramping up, how long before we hear about new toys? And easy answer, movie's going to be next year. Next year. We'll probably start hearing about it winter time, but I don't think we'll actually see them officially until Toy Fair next year, and then they'll be they'll be up whenever Snake Eyes comes out. Mm-hmm. So easy answer on that one. Mike, what, let's level set here. What are your expectations? When the movie finally does come out, we finally get some toys, what do you think we're going to get? The scale is going to be bigger. Yeah. Oh. Because that's okay. what the market bears right now. Three and three quarter, as much as we love it, four inch figures, whatever you want to call it. They're they're dead. They're not they're not out there. Or out there, they're being made really cheaply. It's like they even had some Marvel Legends. I think one, not Toy of the Year, but like Brand of the Year or whatever. And they're only putting those out at six inch scale, right? Weren't they doing a three and three quarter Marvel line? But you very rarely ever see them out. Yeah. Yeah. And then, how's the Star Wars three and three quarters with the uh, retro packaging? Are those selling currently? No. No, Star they Wars. They sell because Star Wars fans are nuts. They're selling to their absolute core, but they're not the runaway success that they were hoping they would be. Okay. And, and on top of that, the articulation on them is gone. They're they're back to five, maybe six points of articulation if somebody's got older or something. But oh wow, uh, it's not even the Star Wars figures that we're used to seeing from a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Drive me. That would drive crazy as a collector to have a bunch of different articulations mixed together, like GI Joe did in the early two thousands. Yeah, that would just drive me bonkers. And it's interesting yep. that those are the two lines that you brought up because I I think that Star Wars sets the pace for the three and three quarter inch market. Star Wars is under the same umbrella as GI mm-hmm. Joe. You know, Hasbro makes them both. They're not going to let Hasbro put out what is a better action figure at the same price point. Mm-hmm. If we got a four-inch Joe, he wouldn't cost nine ninety-nine like a Star Wars figure. If we uh-huh. got a four-inch Joe, like we're expecting a four-inch Joe, it would have to be for you know like fourteen ninety-nine or something obnoxious like that. Yeah. And then on Marvel Legends is really your runaway hit. It sets up the success of a lot of other lines. Like Star Wars Black is a thing because Marvel Legends sells. And so I think if we see GI Joe. Not that we're necessarily going up to six inches, but we're certainly not going to do four inches. Yeah. It's just going to be an aesthetically different figure than, than what we're used to seeing. It's not. I don't think it's going to be compatible with everything that came before. I will predict that before Hasbro even does anything, there's a six-inch military line. Mark my words, Mike. All right, then. You're on record. I'm on the record. It's been tried Inside. before. Insider Ooh. info, like Hasbro executive right now. <laughs> Be I think, careful. I think yeah. Was, yeah, I think BBI tried it about 20 years ago, and it flopped hard. Oh, really? BBI? I think. I have one of them, but I'd have to go back and research who it came from. Yeah. I'd have to find it first. But it's lost in some box somewhere. Anyways, mm-hmm. next letter from Facebook. If you were put in charge of a G.I. Joe reboot in the style of Thundercats Roar or Teen Titans Go!, how would you make it appeal to the kids of today and yesterday? And that is from Ryan Costello. And we answered this one when we got together a couple weeks ago in the ultimately the recording that wasn't. 
believe this was right about where Carson cut out. <laughs> we still sensitive about that? Cause, cause, yes. Because he's been, he's been with a woman for a couple of weeks, so he's with. Come on, guys. Whatever. Give me a break. Give a guy a break. I guess. I mean, you're here tonight, so I guess we makes up for it. Anyways, Joe and I discussed it, and we went from it just wouldn't work at all to, yeah, that might work under certain circumstances to actually coming up with an answer. <laughs> like round robin. Yeah, like we, we, we talked ourselves into it simply by talking about it for however long. We forced ourselves into an actual answer. And the answer to it was the stars of your show are Cobra. Mm, yes. Yes. Because Cobra's so wacky. Well, I mean, if you're going to do over-the-top cartoony stuff... Yeah. Well, you might as well go to your wacky team of mad scientists and evil yeah. geniuses and just make the show about Cobra with the occasional cameo from G.I. Joe to play straight man. Grape soda, donut-eating, bicycle-riding punks, you know, just the, there's so much more to work with. Yeah, when, mm -hmm. when you're dealing with energy levels that high, you make a slight left turn and go into crazy missing like the Joker, or you can make a slight right turn and, and go into Cesar Romero's Joker and just be silly. So you just make that slight right turn with, with your Cobra guys, and, and that's your young kid show. It's focused on the bad guys. It's Cobra Go. I don't know. That would be how we would do it. I can get behind that. I think that actually sounds freaking hilarious. It's where your material is, man. Yeah. Duke, not funny. Cobra <laughs> Commander, funny. Hilarious. Next question. Why do you think some characters have trademark looks like Snake Eyes and Destro, but others get away with a wider variety of looks like Duke and, well, I guess it's just Duke. New question, why is Duke so generic? This is, <laughs> this is also from Ryan Costello. Why is Duke so generic? Because somebody's got to be the face. The way they drew him. Yeah, somebody's got to be the face of the military aspect of this. Your most popular characters in G.I. Joe, and there's six of them. There's three Joes, three Cobras. It is Duke, Scarlet, Snake Eyes, Cobra Commander, Destro, Baroness. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no roadblock? No roadblock? I, I would say he is, he is in that next bunch. Yeah. Wow. You, he's part of your A team. Don't get me wrong. I'm not dissing roadblock here. But I think oh, if you had oh. to boil G.I. Joe down to a half dozen characters, that's your half dozen. Well, so interestingly, like if you look at a real American hero, 82 to 94, and you look at who had the most versions made, Roadblock's right there at the top with seven of them. Hmm. I hear you. That's uh, eh, just something. Where's, you, like, but, where's Cobra Commander? Let's see. Cobra Commander had seven as well. But that, that also ended in 1994. Right. Duke had six. I'm talking about what we're looking at in 2019. Sure, and sure. I, and again, it's, it, there's room for debate there. I'm not saying that you're just unequivocally factually wrong. I can't just back this mm -hmm. up with charts and numbers. But mm -hmm. let's face it. If somebody said tomorrow, okay, I've got a new pitch for G.I. Joe, and it didn't involve Duke, mm -hmm. eh, you don't have a pitch for G.I. Joe. So that's your list of six characters. None of those guys represent military except Duke. I always feel like Flint gets the short end of the... Yeah, he kind of does. I preferred, from from the animation standpoint, I always preferred Flint and Lady J to... Me too. Every time. That voice, man. He was perfect. Mm -hmm. Friend of the show, Bill Ratner. I mean, mm -hmm. he's a guy... He's been on this show more often than you have. The man's man. I think he is our record holder. I think he is the guest who's shown up the most. 
Oh, wow. wow. I think he is five. Anyways, we'll go back and check. Got to figure out what Bill's got going on because we got to get Bill in for number six. Anyways. Mm-hmm. He's almost almost as popular as Roadblock. So if you need to have a, a paratrooper. I'm going to trip you later. If you need to have a paratrooper, then it, it's Duke. If you need to have a guy with a machine gun, then it's Duke. If you need to have a guy in the desert, then it's Duke. Because Snake Eyes isn't going to look that different because he's Snake Eyes. Duh, that's your number one guy. And Scarlet kind of has a distinctive look going on, too. And she lends herself to some of that a little bit. But let's face it, in Scarlet's not real military looking either. Yeah. So Those leotards uh, uh, not, not, so, no. not issue. She's got a good superhero look going, I think. Yeah, and that, that's, that's really it with G.I. Joe. Like, the, the Cobras have a great supervillain look. And then the soldiers fill out the second half of the roster, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But the only guy with the clout to play with the rest of the superheroes is Duke. So he gets to be generic to match whatever you need him to be. Mm-hmm. That's my thoughts on it. Do you have, anybody have anything to add? No, you've convinced me. <laughs> I can't tell uh, if you're being sarcastic with that or not. Hang on one second. <laughs> Joe Colton, just pissing on the fire today. What happened, Joe Colton? What happened? Who hurt you? State of the Union. Oh, no. I had to work. So it's interesting that we got Duke, and then we got Tiger Force Duke, and obviously Tiger Force Duke color palette was pretty mandated by the subset colors. But then when we got Duke version 3, they went back to this kind of desert color scheme with him again. Now they put some red highlights in there, but the key colors are still brown and tan, gold. So they, I think you're right, Mike. They didn't want to stray too far with Duke for whatever reason. And, once and then, uh, oh, I'm sorry. And then version four is again in desert attire, but tan and brown. So yeah. they really just stuck with it. Yeah. But if you go back to the really early stuff, most of your promotional material had Grunt on it. And why? Soldier. Yep. yep. So once Grunt got pushed off to the side, well. Yeah, he was the new face of the brand. He was the new military guy. Next question. If Vince McMahon was in Cobra, how would he book the arena of sport? You answered this. And this is from Ryan Costello again. This is a simple answer. Roman Reigns would go over. That's that's how he would book it. Duke, Snake Eyes, Roadblock, whatever. He doesn't care. Roman Reigns would beat them all. Until the pay-per-view, and then Brock Lesnar would beat them and, and take the belt and go home for six months at a time. So he would book uh, Arena of Sport exactly the way he books his own federation. Which is a not so well these days. It's not well at all. Next question. What is G.I. Joe continuity in? Is it Hama, animated series, disavowed? I'm not sure what disavowed is. Movie, a little of everything, none of it. Uh, And this is, again, from Facebook, from Jake, not Ryan Costello, Rose. So, Carson, when you're mapping out some G.I. Joe randomness in your head, what continuity is it happening in? It was definitely a real American hero by Larry Hama. I enjoyed the cartoon, but the cartoon was silly. The cartoon is what initially brought me onto the brand and, and made me love it, but it was a gateway drug to discovering the comic. And once I read the comic, I was like, holy shit, Like this is, this is fantastic. It made me a comic book fan for life. So, yeah, it's absolutely by Larry Hama. I also really enjoyed Gage and Costa's Cobra series. You guys have heard me talk about that before. 
they put it out in a hardcover called The Last Laugh. Antonio Fuso is the illustrator. And that is the single best modern Joe comic storyline narrative, whatever you want to call it, uh, that I've read. So I would say, you know, Real American Hero by Larry with a little asterisk. And I would say including Cobra by Gage and Costa. Yeah, I'm mostly in the same boat. I have to give the animated series a little bit more credit than that, in that the, the comic book certainly served as the spine. Larry didn't get to everybody in, in terms of the character list, and so there were sure. a lot of, of spots that maybe Larry glossed over that we yeah. used the, the cartoon as our inspiration. Like like animated shipwreck found his way into our adventures. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Actually, okay, I, I, I see what you're saying there, but when you would play with those figures, you would hear his voice actors. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. you know, the cartoon was silly, but at the same time, I'll, I'll defend the character work on the, on the animated series was rock solid. Mm -hmm. for, for a kid's show in the middle of the 80s when you're just there to sell toys, mm -hmm. far better than it had any right to be. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of building characters and building a universe and having people behave in realistic ways to not real situations. And so there was a lot of a sharp character work that went on there for, for guys that you just didn't see that often in the comic. You know, airtight, footloose, shipwreck, we already said. Uh, guys like that who just never got more than a couple of panels from Larry. Those are the guys who are fleshing out the bulk of your adventures in the backyard. You can't run with snake eyes all the time in the backyard. Sometimes you got to have somebody else show up. Yeah. And, and so the cartoon helps give those guys a voice. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Larry did have some favorites and he, you know, he played with those characters a lot. So there was a, there was plenty of potential for other people to pick up other characters. Joe Colton, anything to add? I was a comic book kid. So I leaned towards the comic book. I too saw the, the cartoon and yeah, it gave voice to the characters, but before that, it's probably more the toy for me than it is the cartoon. Like, I like the cartoon. Don't get me wrong. I watch it still, but first comic book, then it's action figures. Like, I remember my dad bring home, like, G.I. Joe and play sets for me to build stuff and play with. Uh -huh. So. Did you create your universe based off the file cards? Based on the comic, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. File cards helped some too. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind, the file card for Beachhead is like I didn't. I never mm -hmm. felt like the cartoon ever got him right. He did a lot in the comic books, but the guy in the the file card—that's a pretty cool customer. So that yeah. that's, that's Beachhead in my mind. Yeah, I'll I'll always remember like Quick Kicks file card. There are certain file cards that stuck with you, and every time you held that figure, you thought about that that one little quick write up on the back. So comic book is our group answer, and a little bit of everything would be our second answer. Mm -hmm. Next question. Last question. With the last of the G.I. Joe Collectors Club products hitting mailboxes, were there any items you wish they would have released but didn't get around to? Or second part of that, was any destinations for Joe Cons you would have liked it to have been or been again? And that is from John Golombuski, better known as P-Love. So, Joe what? Colton, what's your wish list as far as stuff the club never got around to? I really wanted them to do, like, a six-pack of females. Like, I had put that on my feedback form for years. Just three good, three bad, 
three something, three new molds. But I kept getting like, you know, we did the troopers and that was cool. But sometimes I was like, I don't need this big giant set that half of it is repaints and I hate the colors and it's not whatever. <laughs> You're in a mood. I know. I'm in a mood today. <laughs> Damn, I'm a bitch. <laughs> Good grief. No, that, that's valid. I have to say, too, I, I think there is an opportunity that was missed in the last couple of years of the club where every opportunity went to slavishly recreating something that came out some years ago. And in a lot of cases, it wasn't even stuff that people bought the first time when there wasn't even the means to get it done correctly. Like, it's one thing if you have a little bit of more of a budget and you can make some pieces and some parts to get you through the rough spots, but they didn't have those resources available. So I could have done without some of the attempts to just redo figures that came out 25 and 30 years ago. I think the club did pretty well for itself when it created new characters. I think they did pretty yes. well themselves when they took existing characters and gave them new situations. Why we never got more stuff in the line of Arctic Mindbender, I couldn't tell you. Arctic Mindbender was genius. Yeah. It's an existing character, only he's in his coat. Mm-hmm. You know, where is Flint with that G.I. Joe coat that they always had on in the cartoon? Where was Arctic Lady J? There, mm-hmm. there, were just, mm-hmm. there were some easy ones that could have been done with minimal expense along the way. And, and, and essentially, you're doing that... Say you do Arctic Flint, you're doing that same guy over and over and over again and just putting different heads on him and painting the legs differently, and it's a different guy. It's the same as Arctic Gung-Ho, it's the same as Arctic Dusty, it's the same as Arctic anybody. So I think there were some opportunities missed there. When we got together to record last time, Carson, you brought up the Dreadnought Ram. That was a huge missed opportunity. I don't know if they have that mold accessible, but obviously they remade the Ram in the modern era, and it was an improvement over the original Ram. Obviously, the Dreadnought Ground Assault is a highly desirable set. They remade the Vamp with machine gun on the hood, etc. There's other improvements like detachable front headlights, you know. So I absolutely love that Dreadnought Ground Assault Vamp, and I rue the day that they decided not to do the Dreadnought Ram. I just think it would have been incredible. Imagine if this Ninja Force Zartan came with the Dreadnought the cycle, whatever you want to call that thing. I just think it would have sold out in half the time, you know, because yeah, so many people wanted that motorcycle. If one guy's going to have a chopper, that's the mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Plus, like, Ripper with the, the big chopper trike. I'm, I'm Maybe I'm more upset about the rim. But there, too, you're right in that I th- there were opportunities to get it in in other places or even... Where was Dreadnought Skyhawk at one point, wasn't there? So, uh, there was Dreadnought Aerosault, which is the uh, Skyhawk and the Fang. Yeah. So, I mean, either one of those would have been cool. Yeah. I understand they can't redo everything, but it's like they got halfway there with the Ground Assault, you know? Yeah. There was, it, but, I just need that Ram. Yeah, I need like, that like Ram. Looking back, though, we had a Steel Brigade Skyhawk, but yep. which wasn't a whole lot different than the Skyhawk, and then the, but the Dreadnought one, well, not so much. Yeah, exactly. So You've it, got the mold. Yeah. It'd just be printing money. If you're going to redo stuff, then where's that? But again, I, I'm not going to complain about the, the Steel Brigade Skyhawk because it was pretty cool. And again, maybe some of those pieces were already getting mishmashed and reworked because that Arctic one that came in the Cobra Wolf came out shortly after that. So maybe that was what mm-hmm. they had put together for it. I don't know. 
there's lots of logistics stuff in there that we're not privy to. So it, it's tough to say. But yeah, Dreadnought Ram, absolutely with you on that one. I was kind of mm-hmm. expecting something like that to be the giveaway at the the last Jocon. That would have been amazing compared to an ammo crate or a weapons crate with four guns in it. <laughs> with four brown guns. Yeah. And, um, and they said that, oh, well, we're not going to sell any weapons. I was all set for them to do their famous play on words. Like, well, we're not selling this. Mm-hmm. It's the giveaway. It's the attendee bonus. But no, it didn't happen. Oh, well. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Mm-hmm. So that's the short list. I'm sure if we really thought about it, we could rattle off enough to go for a long, long while on that. And and again, it's coulda, shoulda, woulda. Obviously, we're not responsible for managing the funds responsible to create any of these things. We're certainly playing armchair quarterback on that, so take it all with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is the post sock for February. Again, if your letter didn't turn up in the post sock here, just keep an ear out. We will certainly get to it in March. Filling the post sock. Good gravy. Mm-hmm. That brings us up to what we got in. What we got in, sponsored by Kokomo Toys. Sing the Kokomo Toys theme song with me, kids. Kokomo, Kokomo, Kokomo Toys. Kokomo, Kokomo. Kokomo Toys. Kokomo Toys. It's funny because there's no song. Well, I mean, you're, you just did that on the fly. That was pretty good. Yeah. Joe Colton doesn't care. She hates everything today. They pay you extra for that? Sure. Does that come with rights? Sure. Is there licensing we'll, involved? We'll say we'll say it does. Nice. That's, the, that's my commercial jingle writing experience right there. I got a dirt cheap, gentle giant 12-inch rock and roll. Oh, nice. And I busted them right out of the package, man. That's removable package, right? The, or the reusable package, It is. Right? Right. Yeah, you can, totally, you can totally just put it right back in. But I've had Grunt from San Diego Comic-Con out since I first set up my office. So now he's got a companion, rock and roll, hanging out with him. I haven't busted the rest of them out yet, Stalker and Snake Eyes. You said dirt cheap. What'd you get them for? I think it was 55 Yeah, it's pretty good. It's half off. Yeah. Yeah, I felt good about it. I mean, I remember paying a hundred or more for the other ones. So, yeah. um, I got a Storm Shadow version one sideshow figure in with the swapped out meaty body, and that's pretty cool because you know he's got the bare arms like yeah. Storm Shadow should have. Like the the original sideshow Storm Shadow version one has him wearing long sleeves, yeah. which is just a horrible horrible look for Storm Shadow. And then I got a custom sideshow snow job. I've got this guy that's making custom sideshow figures for me, so I just got Snow Job in. So that's pretty fun. I don't think just, I've really gotten much else in. You just honestly some some boxes here and there. I'm collecting boxes again. You just pinged the Gary Godso jealousy meter. I bet that Gary would not be thrilled with the head sculpt because it's a kind of mustache goatee instead of a full red beard. I kind of feel like I need to swap the head out at some point once I find a a Woodlands style ginger. Uh, then I'll then I'll swap that head out. I'm thinking like the guy from Game of Thrones that was north of the wall, if you know who I'm talking about. So no I need to find a better head sculpt. But the equipment that's with him and the web gear and everything, like, he looks pretty darn good. I'm pretty happy with him. Good deal. Jeez. It's really all I'm buying now. I'm getting some boxes in because, you know, I've got that Toys R Us in my basement. And I'm going back and kind of recollecting some things that I had to sell when I bought my house back in 2013. So... I got a dragonfly with the box in yesterday. 
So that's always exciting. Nice. I'm just having fun kind of reconnecting with the old Real American Hero stuff. That's cool. So you yeah. said you got it in with the box. Is it mint and just you got... Okay, so everybody's got their own pain tolerance for how much they're going to spend on stuff and is it worth it or not. So I collect mint on card figures and I'll spend hundreds of dollars on those without even thinking about it. I just love the mint on card display hanging on the, the little pegs. But when it comes to vehicles, man, I don't see the value. I've got a half dozen or maybe eight or so sealed contents vehicles. It just doesn't do as much for me. I'd rather buy a loose, complete vehicle with the box and stage the figure in a little red bubble so it looks like it's that kind of mint and box display. But you can do something like that. Like I got this Dragonfly for 60 or 70 bucks. If I bought a sealed contents Dragonfly, that would be 400, 500 bucks easy. Oh, at least. And it's just not worth it to me. I'm just not, I, I love the box art. I, lo I love the presentation. I can achieve that with a mint loose complete one with the box. You know what I mean? Mm. I guess I'm just not endless funds Joe collector that can just do mint and box on everything. Anything else? No, I, th I think that's about it, man. I really haven't had a whole lot coming in other than sideshow stuff and vehicle boxes. Joe Colton. She got a house. <laughs> she passed out. Did she fall asleep on us? She forgot to turn her microphone back on. I don't know what's going on. I, I think she is muted. Oh I my god. I was talking to you guys the whole time. Dumbass. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> Alright, so I did end up ordering Scarlet from Sideshow. You're talking about Prime 1, right? I'm talking about Prime 1, yeah. Yeah, that's the shit right there, man. It was, hey, was kind of crazy because I was like, I don't need it. Wait, Nobody it's not here. It. You didn't get it yet, did you? No. Okay, alright. No. So then I showed it to one. I was like, look at this. She's so pretty. But I don't need it. I'm just going to admire her. I'll like save pictures and like one day I'll find her at a garage sale. And he was like, why don't you just treat yourself? Because you never treat yourself about stuff you want like that. And I was like, but I got the house. You got the house. And you got to save money. And he was like, it's okay, babe. If you do payments, it'll be fine. And I was like, boy, do you not know how much the payments are? <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like a new 30 year mortgage right. taking uh, advantage of that poor sweet man's uh -huh. lack of sensibility right he doesn't know <laughs> getting rid of some stuff I did this geeky yard sale at the end of last year I sold a lot of stuff nice. that I didn't need I was collecting the strawberry shortcake stuff and I was like this is getting too much and so I got rid of all that I got rid of a lot of plushies. I'm trying to limit what I collect now. I think that's smart. Narrowing your box just a little bit. <laughs> Culling the list down to 25, 26 properties at the most. Yeah. Mm. I was at a con recently and somebody asked me, they're like, every time I see you online, you're buying stuff. What, what do you collect? And I was like, it's probably easier to ask me what I don't collect. <laughs> robots. I don't collect robots. Like, they knew about my Smurf collection. It was really weird. And mm. cool. I was like, he's like, you collect Smurfs, don't you know that? Because that's somebody who mm. lists what's on Joe's mind. Yeah. Don't diss our fans. I'm not dissing them. Today, right? What is uh. going on? <laughs> who pissed in your Wheaties? So, I have to go to the Smurfs. There's a lot. I think the, the dark red bins, like the Rubbermaid bins. Mm-hmm. 
They're not the small ones, but the medium ones. Yeah, I've got like five of those full of Smurfs. Yeah, but somebody will take them. Yeah. That's one of those that it sounds totally obscure, and why would anybody? No, somebody will buy those. Yeah. Somebody will buy all of those. Have you reached out to Mark Belomo yet? No. <laughs> no. Because I have something that Mark doesn't have. Well, that's so then you should reach out to him. No, because I'm not willing to part with that thing. It's uh, holy grail of a set. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds like someone's not really committed to downsizing. <laughs> Shut up. I am still collecting my October Guard figures, one at a time. That's the 2012 Jocon set, right? Man, it's one of the best sets ever. Yeah, I regret selling those. Oh. Just a little bit. So which ones do you need? I got all the the Iron Grenadiers. I got all of those. Now I've got uh, Big Bear and Dana. And now I'm going to start collecting. James Cavanaugh reached out and has something for me, but I can't afford it just yet. Mm-hmm. And I've got some other guys like that have offered some stuff, but you know, we'll see. I also don't want to overpay. So Yep. For sure. I know they're hard to find, so I'm also like trying to balance my need to be a completist versus being a sensible person. <laughs> oh, it's so it's so painful. Like you you got every single carded figure from 1987 to 1994 and it took me till just now to finally start biting the bullet on the night force figures because they're so stupid expensive yep. and i just i just don't think they should be worth four hundred dollars per two pack you know yeah. but it's like hey if you want them that's what they're going to sell for so eventually you just have to either break down or learn not to be a completist and yeah I, I'm breaking down. Yeah, really. See, <laughs> You're I, fighting those I, for 400. Uh, I did well because I picked those up when they were for sale. Uh huh. Not me. I'm paying three or four hundred dollars a pop. So if anybody's listening and they've got the 1989 two pack Night Force figures, I'm missing all three of those. I've got 1988 knocked out, but I'm looking for the 1989 ones. I'm also looking for a Spirit, the Air Commando. That's the last Air Commando that I'm missing, and he is absolutely impossible to find. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> While we're doing the want list, though, I got to get that well. out there. You, know, you might as well. You never yeah, know who's going to help you out. Well, if anyone's got October Guard, I know um, Roma Collectibles, Aaron Dietrich is helping me too. So mm-hmm. but if you guys want to get rid of them, reach out. I'm what, you, what you need to do is accumulate and trade those. <laughs> trade those. I have a bin. Of about 60 red ninjas. It's not ninja vipers. No. I have a life-size ninja viper. Okay. I made Wes a costume. Oh, right. Right, right, right. right. He wore it at Joe Fest and Dragon Con and... Yeah. I saw it. It looked good. Yeah. Didn't he wear that at Joe Con, too? He did have it at Joe Con. Yes. I think that's all I got. I picked up every... G.I. Joe back you in the suburban Maryland area. <laughs> also, a rune shipment came in. The, the books he was sending in after our interview last month. I have started reading Abbott, but it also included Coda, Bone Parish, and two of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers books, all from Boom, the unofficial comic publisher of What's on Joe Mind. And we can only give them unofficial because they don't publish G.I. Joe. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we got to draw our line somewhere. Picked up lots of odds and ends. Just any time you see a good deal on a uh, some modern, some some vintage from vintage comics, or, or rather vintage toy stores, particularly, of course, my regular Haunt Saga Toys. Also, uh, Time Warp Toys and Games here in town. So if you get the chance, if you're in the St. Louis area, by all means, check them out. Lots of good stuff, Joe, and and other stuff as well. The side from the Transformers Siege line, mm. and man, that's just that's tight. Yeah, I've got some some masterpiece Transformers, and they're they're awesome and all that. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. I'm not that impressed by the ones that come over the counter very often. Yeah, but man, it's just like it's not this mind blowing toy or anything. But if Transformers were that cool. In 1984, and that's basically the size of it. Like, the size of this Sideswipe is about the same size as Sideswipe back in the day. Mm. If it was that good then, we would be talking about robots on this show. Mm-hmm. They were extra robot That's how good figure is. And, I, it, like, it's gotten me fired up to see what else is in this Siege line. Not that I can mm. afford a whole lot of it, but, yeah. like, even Joe would be into robots because the robots yep. of her youth would be awesome. So I'm intrigued to see what else that line puts out. I saw the pictures they put up yesterday of the debt fire that's coming out. Mm-hmm. I think. Ooh, gonna... I saw that too. That yeah. looked amazing. That that's cartoon accurate, and they've never done that before. Not to that degree. Yeah. I'm excited about Transformers for the first time in probably ever. Because these guys are they're cool. They're poseable. Their weapons do different things. You can take the weapons from one guy and put them with another guy. Sorry. She was good all night until just then. I'm gonna meet it. It's probably it's probably Joe. Joe spooked I am not barking. Joe spooked her. I spooked her. Joe probably kicked her tail or something. Just that's the mood that Joe's in tonight. Not that bad. I'm pretty bad tonight. And her kicking a puppy. You're you're really not that bad. You're it's just a relative statement. <laughs> Is coming off like you're on a serious downer. It's a little alarming. I'm sorry, Carson. Okay. Uh, do, do, we, do we need to send somebody That would be fine. We need to bring, yeah. like, William on the horn and say, William, you're on You're on watch tonight. <laughs> and he'd number. Hang up and leave me alone. But he would care. He would. <laughs> Hang up and leave me alone. Those are words that care. Not a whole lot of getting in, but yeah. Carson Metaxas, you got any shout outs? Yeah, man. You know, I've been in the history of doing the whole 3D Joe's thing and the collecting the art of G.I. Joe, but I'm going to give a shout out to my buddy Chad. Just still plugging away, man. Um, him and I have been working together a lot, and he just puts in a lot of hours, and I'm just still really grateful for him, so I always give him a shout out. And be uh, remiss if I didn't give a shout out to Chris, my girl, because she's made me happy again. It's been a long time. Since I've felt that way, so we, we didn't make. I you mean, happy? you know, I'm happy with the hobby and my friends and my work and all that kind of stuff, but I haven't been happy in terms of a lady in a while. So <laughs> it's good stuff. Me. You hear him get the twang all of a sudden there? <laughs> Bitch, I'm from North Carolina. He went all <laughs> he went all south on us. <laughs> what is oh, happening? So the cra- the crazy thing is, she's from like upstate New York. So we'll see how that works. She's way north. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've got to go up and meet all the family. Whoa, late whoa. March. Whoa. Yeah, whoa. it's it's happening. My God. Jesus. So, uh, yeah, I'm going like up to meet them. moving a little too fast there. Oh, slow it down, Joe. <laughs> Pump the brakes, man. It's kind of like when I bought this house, I saw it on a Saturday and I made an offer on Thursday. Like when I've got something I really like, I don't I don't sleep on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not See, I didn't I didn't go there. I got bad props for not going there. No, Joe, your 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 tone of voice went there. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> This, this, relation, this relationship has not yet earned the seal of approval from Joe Colton. The official, hey, Joe. Official hey, Joe. Does help? Does what's it help on Joe Mind know? relationship, Coach? Right. Joe Colton. Joe, does it help if, if you know that I've known her since 2004? Yes. Okay. So there's that. We'd spend you don't have to justify her to me. Hey, we'll, we'll take this conversation offline. How about <laughs> Carson, it's your life, man. We're just giving you a hard time. <laughs> it's your life. We're happy for you. Thanks. I appreciate you guys. We're going to continue, so, uh, We're going to, continue to tease you mercilessly. Yeah, but, but we I are mean, happy give, for you. Give it to me, man. I don't care. Yeah. I've got pretty thick skin. So what else am I grateful for? Having my 40th birthday here in a few weekends. I'm grateful <laughs> for <laughs> my oh. friends that are coming to that hey, party. I'm the baby? Yeah. yeah. You're the baby. You didn't know that. No, I thought you were than me. No. It was your life of maturity. <laughs> Anyway, I'm tired, y'all. That's about all the gratefulness I have tonight. That's all you got, huh? No more shouts. Yeah. Joe Colton, shout at somebody. Shout out to Wes for making my props and taking care of me when I'm sick. The wrist lock. Yes. <laughs> and my mom for coming down to visit. I didn't get to see my mom and dad for, for Christmas. And so we got her a, a ticket, and she came down. She's here for all of February, basically. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, she's been, like, helping out cooking, and she's even kind of bending to our will of our diet because we're on keto. Half on keto. He's fully on keto. Greeks don't understand dieting. Mm-hmm. So, Did you take my, my tip there? Which one? You've given me many. There have been a couple. There have been a couple, yes, but... Cru- crushed up pork rinds instead of breadcrumbs? Yes, I yeah. haven't done that. Oh, do it. It's awesome. I'm not keto anything, but good lord, that's tasty. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken breast, and you put it in the egg, and then you put the crushed up pork rinds, and then you put some more egg and some more crushed up pork rinds, and you fry that sucker, and yes! Yes! Sorry, moving I'm, su- I'm suddenly hungry. <laughs> so am I. And the only thing that's open right now is McDonald's. Do it. And cookout. Do it. Cookout. Cookout's better. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Mm. I'm saying do it to everything you're throwing out there. So just do it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. What else, Colton? If I make everybody fat like me, then I don't have to try and get thin anymore. It's, it's a decent strategy. It's not better than the one I've got so far, so... That's it. That's what I'm thankful for. I'm looking up Coils of Doom on eBay. Mm, the artwork looks awesome on that one. Yeah. But oh, Adam... my crimson asp, so I need to buy him. Yeah, you kind of do. Adam Riches said that was the first and last G.I. Joe card art that he actually painted, like all analog. I thought that was pretty cool. 
I like Coils of Doom, despite his kind of cheesy name. I don't want him loose. You don't want him loose? Well, I want a loose one and a... And a oh, here, here we go. Now you're buying two of them. Your Crimson Asp is only loose also, correct? It came in one of those boxes. It's not carded. Yeah. Are you going to display her loose? Or are you going to display her in an open box or what? Uh, I'll probably display her loose. Let's be honest. You're going to stick her in a closet, aren't you? My glass displays. Okay, okay. So then I think you should just get him loose because whenever you display him, it'll be with her and she'll be loose. Yeah, but the file, like the card is nice. The art is nice, for sure. All right. Mike, All right. what are you thankful for? You mean my, my shout-outs? Because we're not sitting around a dinner table? Shout-outs. <laughs> Shout-out to, of course, our sponsors. AVAX Lab, 3djoes.com, The Finest, All the Cool Stuff. Kokomo Toys, and Planet Nerd Rage Productions. Shout out to Arun. Uh, Arun was our guest last month on our special edition. He sent a load of books. I listed them off before, but that's $100 worth of merchandise that he just... Wow. Just because... Yes. So that that's pretty awesome. I don't get to complain about people not sending us anything for a long time. Special thanks to Arun on that one, and hopefully he actually listens. Shout out to my co-hosts, Carson and Joe. Aww. Uh, it is never easy getting together to record this show. Uh, you guys are busy. My life is, of course, a little bit more open as far as scheduling goes right now, but that's not always going to be the case. Technical difficulties are a terrible and constant presence with this program right now. Shout out to you for doing all the yeah. work, man. All we have to do is show up and talk. So, shout out to Mikey for all the editing. I'm going to give Carson a slightly louder shout because he's not pissy tonight. <laughs> Was I pissy last time? Is that what broke the recording? No, it's because no. <laughs> Joe is. It's because Joe's only like 80% positive tonight. So, she's, uh, she's a little... I'm just pissy. She's got to deal with stuff at work, and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I understand Joe's stuff at work now. Mm-hmm. So, so if it sounds, she's taking she's taking Afrin on a daily basis. If it sounds like there's a little bit of inside baseball, and this is for for you, Carson, and for everybody at home, I couldn't do what she does. <laughs> I couldn't do what she does. Hung myself by now. It would be oh, that, wow. it would it uh no just just couldn't do it. Or no, I wouldn't have hung myself by now, but I would certainly have said something that resulted in being imprisoned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would. Um, yeah. I'd have said something wrong by now. I'd have said lots of things wrong by now. Hey, that's government work for you. Yep. Anyhow. All right. I bought it. <laughs> Damn it, Carson. You bought it? You bought coils? <laughs> but I can take the fall for this one. You know, it just makes me feel like I'm serving a purpose here. It's the influence that I have on you. Yeah. I if... paid 69. Mm, good number. Up top. All right. Good, Carson. <laughs> Be good. Now I'm looking at Sonic Falcon. Oh, dear God. we got to get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good plan. Many thanks. I know I'm forgetting somebody, but uh, by all means. Uh, Remind really, him later. <laughs> yeah. For real here. We appreciate each and every one of you who clicks and, and downloads us and gives us a listen and still enjoys the program. We're still here. We're still kicking out episodes every once in a while. We will be here for the long haul because uh, G.I. Joe's here for the long haul.
don't kid yourself into thinking otherwise. Mm-hmm. He'll be back. So, yep. For my co-hosts, Joe Colton, Carson from Texas. My name is Mike Irizarry. You've been listening to What's on Joe Mind. Good night, everybody. We'll see you in a couple weeks. You guys can say goodbye now. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I'm not ashamed to say. I hope it always will stay this way. My hat is off. Won't you stand up and take a